I'm inviting you to turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes and the chapter that we read together. And uh, verse 1 says, there, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And then the writer goes on to speak about the different times and experiences in life that we will go through. I find Ecclesiastes a particularly fascinating book. It's a very thoughtful and insightful book. And it's forecasting the kind of questions that we have 3,000 years later that are still very relevant. And the author, some believe it's Solomon, others believe it's a later writer impersonating Solomon, views life as transient and unreliable and incomprehensible when God is not factored into human life. The phrase that he uses is life under the sun. That is life that is not factoring in eternity and the presence of God. Many of the statements he makes are are looking simply at life from a human horizon in a naturalistic way and a way that people do today. And the author does this because he wants to shock us into thinking about the reality of what we face when we try and live without God. He's given us three ways already in his book where people are not factoring in God and trying to find meaning and purpose in life. And he's explored wisdom, learning, he's explored pleasure, entertainment, and he's explored work. And he's realised that human wisdom does lead to a great deal of understanding about life But the more we understand, the more painful it is. And it doesn't really lead to fulfilment and to meaning. He's explored pleasure. He's tried everything. He's experimented. And he's had good times. But he's realised it doesn't fill him whatsoever with any lasting satisfaction or contentment. He's tried human activity. He's built and planted and left legacy. He's also realised that that really hasn't done for him what he really wants inside his heart and life. So we come to chapter 3. And he's again reflecting on life. And he's reflecting about the time that passes and the changes that inevitably come upon us all. Time moves on. And a major takeaway from the book of Ecclesiastes, particularly in chapter 3, is that we can't really control so much of our life. But what makes the difference about our life is how we respond to the changes that come in our lives whether we are fulfilled and contented because we know God is with us and God is giving meaning to our activities, 
or whether we are frustrated because life seems so empty and so meaningless and so pointless. Uh, when we think about people who are thinkers, people who are high up in entertainment or, or the world of the arts, so many of them have reflected on life and felt it was so empty and uh, they've taken their lives. Because as the years have gone by, again and again, people have just found that life is empty. The way they tried to climb the greasy pole to success and fame and fulfilment has not led anywhere. I remember there was a great actor called Saunders who uh, lived in my village. And uh, it was quite a shock to the village to find that he'd shot himself one day. But he'd just got older and... He was no longer famous as he once was and achieving what he once was. And some of the young people today who've climbed the music industry have ended up taking their lives. It's a tragedy. So the teacher is thinking about life in this, uh, in this, in this book and in particular in this chapter. And what he's noticing is that there is a divine ordering of events in this world and we are people who must adjust to submission to what is going to come into the, our lives and act accordingly in a way that pleases God. And when we factor God into life, life then has purpose and meaning. And there are 14 pairings here. And really what the writer is showing is that God in his providential control is over all things. Now, I don't know whether you keep a diary or even have a calendar. See, we've got these wonderful gadgets in our pocket now. Um, I think there are still a few people who, who write a diary or, or keep a journal. Ooh, it, it's, I think it's a very good thing to do that. And uh, when you start out with your diary, um, you write things down. Um, so you've got a year plan so that you... If you're at school, you know when the school holidays come along, uh, when terms begin and terms end, um, your appointment, your date with the dentist, and uh, um, all these other things, you sort of have them written down in your diary so that you know what's going to come. You have set times to do things. It's going to control your comings and your goings. And it's, it's as if the teacher... Uh, that's the writer of Ecclesiastes, is thinking about in this famous passage. For him, life ahead, the new year, um, is a diary in which all the events that are going to come have been written by the hand of God. He's recognising that we're not going to control the events that are going to come into our lives. We're not going to know when we're going to be weeping. We're not going to know when we're going to be rejoicing. And he's pointing out this fact. And I think the first uh, uh, section of couplets comes when he recognises God is establishing the time when events begin and end. A time to be born and a time to die. You see, our arrival on earth uh, was not in our control. Uh, we uh, had nothing to do with our conception or our parentage, or where we were born. 
Ah, it was all to do with God's plan. Uh, We don't know when we're going to depart this life. God alone knows how long our lives will be and how our lives will end. It's all in the hand of God. God's brought us into the world at his appointed time and in his place that he chose for us. And he'll have us exit the world at his appointed time. Job said, his days are determined. The number of his months is with you and his limits you've set so that he cannot pass. Now, death, of course, was not an original part of creation, but it's a consequence of our departure from God by offending God. And we're stuck with it until the end of time when death will be vanquished when the Lord Jesus returns. There's a time to be born and a time to die. And then he says there's a time to plant and a time to uproot. It's obvious when spring comes along, it's a time to get out your packet of seeds and go and plant them, to go and visit the local garden centre and buy some plants and put them in the garden. And uh, there's a season for that when we've got to do it. And there's going to be a time to up-reap, uproot or reap a harvest. There's going to be a time to pick the fruit in the garden or to dig up the carrots. There's going to be a time for planting and a time for uprooting. And it's the same in life in general. There is a planting time in our lives. And there is a harvest time from what we have planted in our lives. There's a planting time. Well, that's when we're young, isn't it? It's when we're learning. We go and learn the alphabet, the ABC. We learn to write and we learn to read the first basic things that we need. These early years of life are going to settle what kind of people that we're going to be. They're going to mould us to be uh, wise and pure and strong to do what's right in our early days. And these things get planted within us at time to plant and when we're young we're we're receptive we we retain things more easily I I, I amaze myself sometimes when I'm public speaking a word pops out of my mind uh, that I probably haven't used in conversation for 50 years but I read it in Dickens years ago or or something like that our our mind is like blotting paper when we're young and we're, we're flexible we're like young plants being trained and uh The training we get uh, will bring about the kind of character that we will be. And it's the same in in spiritual things. When we are young, we want to get the basic truths. What we really need to know about what is true and what is false, what is right and what is wrong. We need to get basic truths about ourselves. Who are we? Are we just monkeys Uh, that grew out a bit of slime one day from a a big explosion in the universe? Or are we made in the image and likeness of God, spiritual beings, different than the rest of creation? We need to get these basic things when we're young. We're living in a a society where many uh, are so confused about what is right and wrong, true and fake. And in our young days, we need to be planting and getting foundational truths for life. It's so important because it's shaping our development of character. We're getting into good habits. 
The habit of putting the Lord first and going to worship with the people of God. We're learning the regular practice to look to the Lord every day in prayer and, and, and take in some of his word. We're seeking to establish a good reputation in our school lives. We're getting good habits. We're learning to apply ourselves and concentrate. We're learning self-control. These things are going to be the planting of our lives. And they will bear a harvest that is going to be good when we get to later life. We're going to learn to praise God and thank him weekly in public worship, but also daily, thanking for his kindness and care through the day or before the day begins. We're going to learn the things that we need to learn from his word and the teachers that God gives us of his word. There, there is a planting time in our lives. This is what Ecclesiastes is saying, and we must seize these opportunities and make the most of them. But there's also, as the uh, Bible says, a time to uproot or a time to harvest. What we uh, plant in our youth, we will reap as adults. The Apostle in Galatians says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. There's a harvest coming, and with Christ's Spirit in our hearts, all other good things will be planted there, and evil things by God's strength and grace will be uprooted, and we, through our earthly life, will be people who are preparing for a heavenly home where there is no evil and no suffering. The writer is saying about life, first of all, that there's a planting and an uprooting. There are these seasons that will come on all human lives. But he's also reminding us that God is also ordering the cycles of life, a time to kill and a time to heal. He's surely thinking about perhaps the farming community where a, where a farmer is caring for his sheep uh, and looking after them when they're sick and then when the time comes they have to be butchered and uh, they have to be killed. Uh, he needs to feed his family. He needs an income. It's all part of the cycle of life. It's a time to tear down and a time to build. There's a time in which perhaps... An old piece of cloth has got past it, and if you're good, you, you can make something else out of it. There's a time when uh, uh, you have to face the changes. And there are times that come on changes in relationships. Uh, there are times when there are negative aspects of our lives that need to be dealt with and broken down. There are relationships that we might have formed that will be harmful, and that they, we need to... Cut them down, otherwise we'll be harmfully influenced. And we need to build up the positive things in our lives. This is what he's saying, there's a, there's a diet time to tear down and a time to build. And then the, the writer says, we must remember that God's rule affects our sorrows and our joys. Uh, throughout life we will be period, people who experience things. 
God doesn't expect us to be doer and ignore pain. He doesn't ask us to lose our sense of humour. Let's retain our sense of humour. And uh, God has made us with, with feelings and with personality. We're all slightly different. But there are, there are human emotions that will come to all of us. And he's, the teacher's taking us uh, along this, this road. There's a time we're going to weep. There's a time when we're going to be sad. time when we're going to lose loved ones. time when we're going to be painful breakup in friendships. And there's a, 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 a time to laugh. Uh, there's a time to dance. When we look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus was a sociable person. He went and enjoyed a wedding reception at Cana in Galilee right at the beginning of his ministry. But the Lord Jesus also knew what it was to commiserate with somebody who was mourning, who'd lost loved ones. And he, he stood alongside them. And uh, these times will come to us. Time to weep, a time to mourn, a time to laugh, and a time to dance. Yeah, time to celebrate. Celebrate good things. Celebrate a birthday. Celebrate success. These are things that we should do. They are fitting to do at the right time in life as they come, in a, a, as a way in which we glorify God in the situation. And then he's reminding us that there are times uh, when we need to do particular things. Uh, God again has brought about the change of the situation. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. So one of the things that uh, happened in uh, ancient times, particularly the time when this book was written, was that uh, you would uh, have stones as boundary markers. And if perhaps a, a, a foreign nation invaded your country, they'd take away the boundary stones. They'd scatter them. They'd scatter them across the fields and make it difficult for you to plough. And there's a time to gather stones. That is to say, to plan building, to prepare, to reconstruct something that's been destroyed. Uh, there are these times that come, and when... Uh, you're in life, there's, the, the, there's a time of, 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 of um, gathering things in life together to plan the future. And there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain. There's a time to comfort someone who's experiencing grief. A time to give a warm welcome to somebody. And other times it's best to respect somebody's privacy and not to intrude. And then he goes on. There's a time to search and a time to give up. You know, there are times where we're searching for work. We may be searching for a friendship or for a relationship. There's a time when we have to give up and accept that what we really wanted in life is not going to happen. It's not God's will for us. All these things are, are governed by God. We're not in control. And we have to learn to accept God's will. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away. Uh, when we're young, uh, we are having education, and then we get some work, God willing, and then we begin to think about getting a home, a time to keep and get things together and home make. And then when we get to my age, and that's a very difficult job, I tell you, young people, uh, there's a time to throw away. Uh, there are things that we've accumulated 
like old records that are, that are no uh, longer any use. And uh, some people have great sentimental attachment to things. And it's difficult to throw away, but there's, there's these changes that come, a time of getting things together and making the home nice. And then a time when we get old and the birds have flown the nest, the children have gone, and there's just the old couple together, and they've got to downside. All these things are, are coming in life, and in all of these things we must know that God is ordering them and we accept God's will for that situation. There's a time to adjust relationships, a time to tear, verse 7, and a time to mend. And there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. He's telling us that in our relationships there are times when communication, a key part of human life, uh, has times when it's best to be quiet and as a time to talk. And then he uh, finally says God's controlling outside forces, a time to love and a time to hate. Throughout history, there have been times of great hatred. I think the president of, uh, uh, of Ukraine has said um, he can never forgive the Russians. You can understand the feeling. Uh, there's a time for war and a time for peace. Uh, who could have foreseen that just uh, less than a year ago Russia would have attacked Ukraine? Who could have accounted for what was in the head of Putin at that time. Conflicts arise, and uh, though we long for peace, there are inevitably in our world times of war. It's been said that uh, the times of war have exceeded the times of peace in the world. How grateful we are in our United Kingdom that since the last Second World War, uh, there's not been uh, a world war like that. So he's going through all these things, all these situations. And he's saying that God's bringing about these times, bringing about these changes, and in all these changes, we should be people that remember God's there. And we should trust him, we should adjust to the situation, we should accept his will, and we should aim to please him in all of these situations. Now you may be saying, well, you... If you say God's in control of everything, isn't that going to make me like a Muslim, be a fatalist, and uh, never try to be proactive, never try to do my best? After all, the book of Proverbs says, the hand of the diligent makes one rich. Well, it's true that uh, choices affect our destinies. But here the teacher is reminding us to always factor in that though God is in the ultimate a control of everything and the development of our lives, that doesn't mean to say that we're robots or automatons. God accomplishes his will through us and through people and through the world. So we should not be fatalists, but we should all seek to do what God wants us to do in the times that he brings into our lives. Remember this man is writing the book and he's considering reasons to be sceptical. And he's not a fanatic, but he's a thinker wanting us to think so that he can go on into chapter 11 and say, Be happy, young man. 
while you are young. And let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. But know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. In other words, press on. Do what's right. Enjoy life in a right way. And do what God wants you to do. But always remember that you're accountable to God. God's put you in a wonderful world to enjoy. But never forget he's watching you. He's given you a conscience. He's given you his word, which is a law, a Ten Commandments. He's reminding you by your conscience and by his word that he's a God of justice. And there's going to be a reckoning at the end of time. And you need the Lord Jesus as your saviour. So, that's the message of this section. But what can we apply from it? Well, I think we should end our message by reminding us ourselves how comforting this should be to us. You see, there's a stark contrast between looking at life from a human perspective and thinking that people are just like humans running on a treadmill. And there's a great difference between that and seeing that everything is God's plan. Even the bad things are God's plan. The writer goes on to say this. I've seen the burden God has laid on men. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the hearts of men, though they cannot fathom out what God has done from the beginning of end. So he's saying that life is, is like a jigsaw. God has made everything fitting in its season. And he's saying in the second place in that verse that God has placed within all of us eternity. There's a sense of eternity in our hearts. God has given all of us an inner sense that there is a God. A God who's in control of life. God has given every one of us a conscience and a mind to think and reflect on the past and think about the future, particularly on New Year's Day. There's an underlying sense of the being of God in all human life. And God is calling us to know him and live in awe of him as we enjoy life. You see, as we start a new year, what are we going to face? Changes. Changes in the political world, changes in the family, changes in the neighbourhood, changes all around us. Are we going to attribute those changes to luck or chance or the devil? Or are we going to attribute those changes to God's hand in the mysterious ebb and flow and change of life? This message, I believe, gives us great comfort. You see, in a universe that's controlled by a wise and a powerful and a good God, for everyone who's in a relationship with God, every event is ruled by a loving, caring, heavenly Father. 
We shouldn't feel cramped by his control. We should know that the hand that's writing the diary for us in 2023 is a hand that loved us so much that that hand was nailed to the cross for us. We should remember we've got a saviour whose love is so vast, so feeling, so tender, that he's lived and died for us and lives again for us. His hand has written our schedule for 2023. And so if we are those people who can say with the psalmist, my times are in your hands, we're in a safe place. The God who's steering us into his future is trustworthy. Never forget this thoughtful, insightful, reflective book of Ecclesiastes is the diary of a searcher after truth. And after many reflections, he comes to the end of his book and he says this, Hear the sum of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole of the duty of mankind. This is where we step into 2023. A God that loves us and a God that wants us to show our love to him in return by pleasing him, by honouring him, by trusting him in all the changes that are going to come. Trusting him in the unexpected as well as what we plan. Trusting him at every stage and every moment and every day of our life. Oh, I plead with you today to come and say with the psalmist, my times are in your hands. May God bless his word.